Good morning, everybody. It is your favorite host here, Tino Killed It, with another episode of What the Fuck Am I Doing With My Life? Um, this week, I have a dear friend of mine coming back onto the show by the name of Alex Lopez, a.k.a. EP The Mime. Um, he actually came onto the show back in season one talking about his music endeavors, uh, but since then has actually changed the direction of his music entirely. Um, and it's really amazing. He uh, released a new project uh, called Earplug Origins. Um, so you guys can find that on all streaming platforms. Again, Earplug Origins, uh, artist name, EP The Mime. Um, and it's really really awesome. He, he, uh, designs it like a film score. Um, so it's completely instrumental, um, because it's meant to be felt. Um, and I think that that's something that's really important, especially with music is, um, the importance of feeling it. And so he explains his whole creative journey and the process that it took him to get to this music level now. Um, and I'm really excited for us to kind of, talk about it and you know for everybody to kind of see the vision of it and which it is because again he is somebody who is such a huge inspiration for me and you know what I mean was such a huge inspiration for my debut album that's going to be releasing this Friday uh, Hollywood so you guys can actually pre-save that if you guys follow me on Tino Killed It at Instagram um, my website link there will take you to the pre-save page and you guys could actually save that album before it comes out so as soon as it does drop you guys will be the first ones to have it. Um, if you guys would like access to Hollywood before its release or even after its release, um, you guys could also get signed up at TinoKilda.com, get yourself some merchandise with it, as well as a physical copy of the album after its release. Um, so, yeah, man, let's go ahead and get into this. All righty, so... I have on the phone with me here a dear, dear friend of mine, Alex Lopez, a.k.a. EP The Mime. Hello, sir. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, doing pretty good, man. Tell, <laughs> tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is EP The Mime. You can call me EP. Uh, currently, um, I'm going through a lot of changes uh, musically, but I'm comfortable where I'm at, and I would consider myself a producer-songwriter. And a visual artist, as well as an aspiring stuntman, short film director, actor, and uh, entrepreneur like Tino Killed It guy in the world. (laughs) A real real jack of all trades, for sure. Um, Yeah, you have to be these days, right? Yeah, absolutely. So actually, because you know what? I know we might have touched base a little bit on this and the last time that I had you on here, but I'm actually like really curious as to like the name EP, the mime itself, what exactly made you go to that name in particular? Okay. Well, the, the character, the mime came from a project that I made while on hiatus from music, like five years ago. And I created the mime because it was like, it was like a metaphor that I needed to be super artistic so I can create from. And it was like, what if you were a mime that kind of kept everybody's secrets or maybe you were a super submissive person that like listened to everyone who had problems or you were constantly a shoulder to lean on? And uh, what if you like never got the chance to speak because always listening or every time you went to speak, you just didn't have the right words? You know, I kind of re- created the character. Well, that sounds like a mime, you mm. know, because you're like having to show your physical. <clears throat> what's the word like a. Uh, 
um, behavior, like, you know, your, your body language to, to get people to open up to you or, or to, to make them feel like they can trust you. And I, I always felt like that was the type of person that I was. And so I, as a joke, I kind of called myself a mime, you know, like I felt like I never really got a chance to say my piece in certain conversations. And I felt like that musically. So mm. called myself the mime as a joke. And I created a story I never intended to show anyone. And it turned out to be the thing that um, became the most fruitful from like my spirit and I guess my creative juices. And then through that, I, I, I needed to put some humanism in it and I needed to create a little bit more of a connection to Alex. And yeah. uh, so I ditched my old last name, uh, my, my, my old stage name, which was mm-hmm. Ace Hollywood. And I, I wanted to have, I guess, a producer name. And so it was more like, something cool just to go off of the tongue and it was earplug so i melded the two i I took the persona i was personally and the persona that i created and i kind of conjoined the names together so i am a mime but my name is ep Mm. so that that kind of you know takes away from the stereotype that uh mimes are supposed to be silent (laughs) oh you have no idea yeah (laughs) yes and 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 i i did did my research on mimes man you know what i mean like i I I did not ignore that that fact at all. Um, Le Mime Marceau, like from Paris, like France in that area. And I, I did get a lot of messages in the beginning. Because as you know, you know mm-hmm. I've only been, been this character for like a year on social media, uh, maybe a year yeah. and a half. So naturally, when I put the character out in the algorithm, other mimes contacted me and was like, hey, are you are you going to be doing any like silent movements? Are you going to be doing any pantomimes? Are you are are you just like jokingly calling yourself a mime? And I was like, eh, no. In my story, mimes speak. I'm writing a completely different story off of the the um I guess parameters of no speaking that mimes have to follow in my story. But I'm not doing it outside the story. But I, it, oh, it's okay, funny because ahead. I feel like in a, I, I was gonna say I feel like in a way like like you're being the voice for other mimes out there the other people who that's are good a- who are able to listen but ne- not necessarily able to speak yeah yeah no 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 definitely i feel especially performing i've always been very heavy handed with movement with my hands you know mm. and, and um kind of like like I was miming what I'm saying, which I do. That's how I, I keep, mm-hmm. actually, that's how I keep rhythm. I, I create the dance with my hands and it helps me remember what comes next. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I do feel like I, I do perform like a mime. That's also a reason why, because I can dance. I, I, I do do movements of mime when, when I dance. You just gotta, you know, go find my video. My, and you can see that, you know, pop locking and movement with my my body is kind of what I what I center on. When it comes to, I feel like as a performer, I am using my body and I'm taking my whole persona away. I'm not painting my face and showing you my face. I'm hiding my face and I'm still approaching you with the same look and the same feel. I'm just, just talking a little bit because I, I, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, but in my story, it will make sense what I'm trying to do. No disrespect to what they're trying to do. I respect it, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to, to take what I love about Charlie Chaplin and what I love about Michael Jackson and what I love about people who copy my movements and use it for my persona in a way to, I guess, further the outlook on it and 
maybe that person out there who might have a good speaking voice, singing voice, who is a mime, won't feel so afraid to use their voice. And like you said, if I could open that up, then great. I, I think that that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. No, dude, absolutely. Thousand percent. And like you as a mime, you know what I mean? Because you kind of said it, you, you keep your face hidden. And so like there's a mask that you wear. And what exactly like is detailed with that mask and like the history behind it? Okay, yes. This is something that I've been wanting to talk about. Um, usually <laughs> I get the, uh, immediately I, I get hit up every single day by a Slipknot fan. Yeah. Every single day I get Corey Taylor, I get comments. Um always referencing this dude modified a ahig mask it <laughs> it's yeah. uh yes yes i i am a slipknot fan more particularly i am a fan of cory taylor i like yeah. cory taylor and the the guy who designs cory taylor's mask so this is more of an appreciation of the man who created the masks for slipknot instead of slipknot music so mm -hmm. that is i do want to make that super clear to any maggots who might be hearing me because yeah. i am not trying to be the new wave of slipknot fan I just really like the mask. I like the design and I love how Corey Taylor looked in it. And it's my favorite mask of Slipknot. So that's where I kind of stand with that part. But yeah. my original design, I, I, I went online and I looked at my favorite people that I liked that were mysterious and kind of were enigmas. And MF Doom obviously was somebody that I really liked from hip hop and the whole comic book story. So I'm very, very inspired by him and Mad Villain and Slipknot and then Sting, the, the, you know, the wrestler. Um, Brandon Lee, The Crow, which is my favorite movie, uh, Daft Punk, and other pro wrestlers like Rey Mysterio, Kane, and you know Mankind. The, that was all all the uh, what, what would you say like the influence of why I chose to wear a mask, but mm. the design of it. I sought out makers of the mask, and I really liked the wrap around your head look of the Ahig mask, the, the Slipknot mask, and I found. That yeah. There were a lot of Slipknot mask makers online because, you know, if there's there's like 15 characters on the stage, people in the in the audience, everyone can wear a mask. So that the master kind of saw for for live events. So mm -hmm. these guys have to be on like their A game because no one wants to show up with a shitty mask. So, mm -hmm. so I found the guy that was kind of top rated and I spoke to him for a year I gave him the measurements of my head he told me that a festival was coming up for slipknot so he was super busy and uh since mine wasn't for a festival it was for a, an original concept he kind of waited for a bit because he wanted to make sure it was right so we talked about yeah. it a lot and i said okay i want i want the base of this mask of Corey taylor but i want each eye to represent a different side of me because you know the eyes are the way to the soul and one mm -hmm. of the reasons why I don't like to be on camera is because I, I really don't like looking in my own eyes. And maybe that's mm -hmm. weird to some people, but I really feel like you can like, you can really know someone by looking in their eyes. And I felt like with my art, it was, it was, I guess, something that I don't feel like I want to give to people, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So that's also another reason so why. You chose but, what, so you chose what parts that you, they got to see from your Yes, eyes. yeah, d yes, definitely. I want them to pay attention to the talent instead of the person. And I know generally they're going to get interested, but you know, I, I really hope that they appreciate the music. So one eye represents my creative side, and I chose Brandon Lee from the Crow, the Crow side, which is also the inf the um, where Sting got his idea from. So, mm -hmm. so it's kind of like that's my creative side, and the other side represents my stance on where my gift comes from. And it's not religious 
in portrayal or in the way it's supposed to make you feel because you can see crosses everywhere these days yeah but for me what i'm trying to show the only two sides that i am truthfully comfortable showing you my gift yeah. and where my gift comes from so that's what each side stands for in on, on in, in the mask and i do leave my because my mind speaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. And what your mind speaks about is actually a little bit, you know, different from like the last time that you were on here. Because <clears throat> like last time you were on here, you had released My Television Said and um, Pink Lipstick was out as well. Both of which are still streaming <clears throat> on Tino Killed It Radio. Uh, yes. So you guys go to twitch.tv slash Tino Killed It. Uh, you guys yes, do that. Streaming Monday through Friday uh, from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um but uh, this new project that you uh, just released is a completely like different, you know what I mean, direction. And yes. so I'm I'm very intrigued about it. So what is Earplug Origins the album? Earplug Origins the album is it's a, it's it's a couple things. Um, it's my first album as one yeah. as well as my first body of work that i've produced and composed all on my own so mm -hmm. that's where earplug origins is um it's in the style of a film score it's, i believe it's 10 of my best tracks um each song is an individual scene or a moment it's uh, really supposed to kind of take you through emotions it's also the background music for the short film of the same name Earplug origins and if i could like if I could end it out with uh, saying what I think it sounds like for anyone, it's really just Dark Knight Batman music modernized into pop structure. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. I, I kind of like that. So, Yeah. No, dude. And I mean, that's what it, and it's really like interesting how you say, because um, the, it's the first body of work that you've also produced. And yes. like, this is something that is still fairly like, new to you as far as like entering into this realm and so yeah. like tell tell me like like what was the process of like producing like how long have you been doing it you know what i mean like like were you like how long like what do, what were the steps that it took to get to this yeah oh man um well i went to mjc because i knew that i needed to learn an instrument so i as of like being as of a, a year and a half ago I did not know how to play anything really. Uh, so I took a piano class and I didn't really pass the class. I kind of just went in there and <laughs> got some advice from my teacher who was a really good pianist. And he gave me some advice on what chords to use. And I kind of just stopped showing up to class and then quarantine hit. So I took the books that I had from class and I just started playing the, um, the drills in there. 20 to 30 minutes a day but what i what i started doing is uh immediately i made vigil which is track eight on airplug origins is the first mm. track completely um vigil is i I've, I've done other ones that'll never see the light of day but this is the first one that i actually finished from beginning to end and decided to put out um so mm. what i took from my piano class was and then and to anyone listening to this there, there's really you can take especially when you learn piano first and uh learning piano taught me structure so yeah to becoming a producer and a composer wasn't that hard 
maybe I shouldn't say that, but it wasn't hard for me. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. hard for me because my mind, I guess, works differently. And, you know, I'm not 19. So I, I've been doing music long enough that I've sat around the structure that now that I see it plainly, it was easy to get through a process. So what I yeah. did was I took the structure that he gave me and I just wrote the song in those chords. It was, I think it was like C, A, F and like E and mm-hmm. and he was just like mix those around you know and then I was like okay he's like make one of your verse this one and make this one your pre-chorus chorus and then bridge and then that's it and he said just pick the stuff that sounds good so he really mm-hmm. just gave me the blueprint and I went home and, and I created a process so what I did was I went mm-hmm. online and here's a lot of a lot of you know shortcuts for people out there I went online and I looked up a song that I liked the sound of that I thought this is something I want to produce and I on the piano and then I watched the tutorial and I got a piece of paper and a pen and I wrote down each one of the notes and I went on the piano and I played it into my Ableton Logic Pro GarageBand and I played it perfectly in there and I just spliced it up till it's perfect until it played exactly like that song and then I mixed it around you know i mix it around and i i transpose it and and i made my own sounds with it and then i went back to the paper and i wrote down the new stuff and then i was you know writing music and composing that was my process at that point at that that Mm -hmm. point now it's a little more tailored so what i do now after like a year and a half of doing this is i i sit down and i write it like i used to write raps and mm-hmm. I give myself a parameter of four measures and I treat it like it's a perfect 16. Um, no, no leading into lines, none of that stuff, just a perfect 16 of, of beats. And I say, this four is going to be my intro. This four is going to be my verse. This is my, my pre-chorus and my hook. And I only focus on those for like eight or nine hours. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I get through that all day where I find a melody and I pick a key that I like transpose it into the key i find a bpm that i want to write in and then i pay attention to core structures and i just teach myself it on the way and i vibe with it and Mm -hmm. when when i have it down i repeat the parts that i like in each section maybe once or twice and then i find a supporting harmony and then i find like a third or a fourth and i have them going in a call and response pattern and that's that's what I do right now. So when you listen to my project, you'll hear I introduce a melody, I introduce a, a B section of that melody, a harmony to it. I reintroduce the melody, and then a, uh, and then like a, a crescendo of all those melodies, like super major sounding notes, mm-hmm. sweep back down into a minor dip, and it'll end with the emotion of the song. And the way that I learned how to do that was just paying attention to pop songs like from the Beatles or Michael Jackson or stuff like that. You know, they're the same chord structures they've been using for the same 50 years. And it really works if you if you just let it work for you and, mm-hmm. and you do a little bit of jazz improvisation on the way and you create a sound of your own. And I think that's what I did with this album or, and, and what I'm doing with my process now. Yeah. No, dude, that's all like super really informative. Like I, give me one quick second. Here. Yeah, no problem. Music theory class 101. Don't waste your time at college. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and, and it's really funny that you say that just because, um, like, I took uh, a piano class back in high school, back, I think it was my senior year. And it was because I wanted to learn how to play piano and I couldn't yeah. really learn how to do it by myself. And when I was taking the class, I learned quite a, quite a good deal of it. And um, very similar to you, I just kind of picked up on a lot of it because, you know, being around music, 
so much as we are like yeah. it just it just kind of puts a face to the name you know what i mean like yeah. it's really is really what it is or i guess vice versa it puts a name to the face it's kind of like oh yeah you know what i mean like yeah no um, yeah you you've always been music uh you've always known uh, music theory you've always been very conscious of like where your notes are going and stuff like that you could tell yeah and so like when um so like when you learn piano like the biggest thing that they really try to teach you is like your posture and you know what i mean how where your hand yeah. placements are and then it's like then it goes into like key signatures and trying to learn yeah. thirds and fifths and all these chords and everything like that and so it's really funny because you're really just kind of giving such a workaround for people like us who are like i don't need all the essentials yeah. i just need the bullet point information and then i can figure out the rest do you know what i mean yeah. And, yeah um there there's not a lot of people who are like that and so some people do need the essentials and that's great if you're like that type of person to where like you need all the details because you need to know the whys the what's and everything like that then by all means but like i think the biggest reason why for us it's not like that and i and i don't want to say it's because it's like oh we we you know know more it was just we were more familiar at the time when we exposed ourselves to it no you know yeah, what I mean? yeah like we'd been making like like i said you picked up piano like just recently but why yeah. you were able to grasp it so quickly was because how much you've already been intertwined with music like you've figured out like way long ago how to how to uh find your matching note on it on a key uh, you know on a keyboard yeah and like knowing how to find the harmonies based upon thirds and fifths and sevenths and you know knowing like you know the basics of minors and majors it's like yeah. you know what i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter if you don't know about augmented chords or you know what i mean shit like that like <laughs> yeah yeah you know, like it's minor seven to the third or something like that exactly like yeah. all, the, all the jargon is like it's cool like it's good to know but you don't need to know it you know what i mean and the, and i think that that's kind of the i i feel like we're going to be like really bad music teachers for saying that but, <laughs> but at the same time it's like why like for what you know what i mean like you got to think about what music is it's like the same theory that people have about like math you yeah. know what i mean like where it's just like what the hell do i need to take geometry for it's like well here's the thing you need to learn math in life because yeah. there is math that you are going to need to know how to do off the top of your head yeah <laughs> but i don't need to know geometry that might be true yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean but it's like but they're still going to teach it anyways you know what i mean and it's no, kind of yeah. the same and it's kind of the same thing to be said with like i guess any process but like keep like uh musicianship and just learning music as as a whole yeah you like there's a lot of stuff that you you know you will know and the more you know the more it benefits you but it's like just to get started you don't need all of it and i know not that at that's all where, and I think that that's where people sometimes get stifled is they think they don't know enough to do it. And it's like, dude, like we all started knowing nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we all had to sit here and acquire knowledge and based upon feedback, you know what I mean? Like how many times did we sit there and show people our music and just listen, or even if they weren't going to, you know, give us the honest feedback, reading their body language and reading how yeah. they were reacting during the song. Right. Like they may be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's fire. And it's like, okay, but you were on your phone the whole entire time talking about <laughs> something else. Oh, so God. it's like, yeah. So it's like, so clearly I know it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm now, I just wish you would have told me what it was you didn't actually like about it. No. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it it's, it, it's interesting because you people like that, they don't mean any harm, but they don't realize that they set the standard of our worth in yeah. that moment, whether or not we, we, we don't, we can choose not to accept it. Like I don't, if you, you know, don't see that I'm 
worth anything. I'm not going, I'm never going to agree with that, but mm -hmm. you, you will feel it, <clears throat> you know? And it's interesting with musicians when that happens, like, um, <clears throat> when you were saying that you don't need to know all that stuff, I thought about this story. Me, yeah. when I was living in, a uh, <clears throat> Glendo with, uh, Rocky Jordan and Vanessa, when we first moved out there, we were at this show that Rocky was at with his band and, uh, we all couldn't go in because uh, we all weren't 21 at that time, but, yeah. um, they got to go in and the drummer was name. I think his name was Jordan too. He was sitting in the back seat and he was making like the biggest fit. Like he was complaining and whining for like two hours straight while they were in there doing the show because he had to learn like augmented fifths to the diminished seventh. And he was so upset that he, he had to learn all this stuff because all he wanted to do was play drums. And mm -hmm. we had this huge conversation about how school sucks the life out of musicians. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to endorse what I'm going to say next, but I do think everyone out there, if you're going to school for music, treat the first semester as a free lesson that the state is paying you for, especially if, if you live in California. Ask all the questions that you need and go home and just do it. Like You don't need mm -hmm. to learn Bach. You don't need to learn, you know, the, a perfect you know piece of chopin you don't need to know that before you can go out and perform or compose or write you can compose right now and you don't need to compose masterpieces because you can just find the the most normal set of chords that is used in every single song that's on the top 20 and make your own and 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 you can learn how to do that process as you go and if you want to play Bach later in life then be my guest but if you're sitting in the back seat complaining at 11:30 at night when you should be enjoying your gig because you got homework to do, <laughs> then you know maybe you should just go play drums. Yeah, <laughs> and get yourself a good job on the side that doesn't hurt your body, so you don't have to mess up your hands and play drums through the night and get in a band and play drums. Don't go to school to play drums. Play drums. <laughs> well, dude, because think about it, man. Like this guy sitting in the back of a fucking van for a gig, and they don't give a shit if he knows Bach. <laughs> yeah they don't <laughs> yeah. like that's like that's the realism of it like the first two years wherever you perform they don't care what you do they don't even care how you do it yeah to they, be honest they're just like they get just your want, set <laughs> they just want you to just do it and see if it's worth anything yeah that's that's really what it is and that's why when people get super prideful about like where they perform that shit cracks me the fuck up <laughs> because i'm just like dude it doesn't matter like it like in the first like you know like several years that you're doing music and you're like really struggling like and you know what i mean some people are going to try to sit there and fake it like their numbers are bigger than they are but you know what i mean you know you know where you're at so if you're going to be sitting there with your you know 10 like followers like that are consistent as far as like supporting your shit and like being there and stuff like that do not worry about where the fuck you perform you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hell, even yeah. if you have 50 people, do not be worried about where you perform. If anything, if you have 50 people who are willing to go and watch you perform at any given moment, make sure they show up to every performance you do. Yeah, exactly. I promise. If you were to bring, if you were to do an open mic at like a, a coffee house and you brought 50 people there, I promise you the store manager would take note of that immediately. You'd get yourself a, a regular gig. Yeah, they'd be like, hey, what do you feel about coming here every Friday and just singing for the guest? We'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll give you free coffee and uh, $50 at the end of your night. Absolutely. fucking You yeah. know what I mean? And, and just like that, you've made, you've made a living off of music, right? You, you've paid, you've got paid for your services. And I mean, that's yeah. just the start. 
So it's like, once you do that, what do you do? Then you just build up your production. You build up your show, right? Like you start incorporating more aspects of it that make it larger than what it's worth. So then when you go, hey, you know, I'm putting a little bit more into these shows. Can you start doing 100 a week? Yeah, Yeah. this is great. You know what I mean? Numbers have been super high. Or maybe they might even offer it. They might be like, hey, on Fridays, we're making a killing. Like, we want to start paying you X amount more. You know what I mean? And it'll be like, okay, cool. Well, how about this? I plan on upgrading all my equipment anyways. How about you guys start paying me this much a week? Yeah. (laughs) And then and I'll go make sure that my equipment gets upgraded. So that way the show is even better. Yeah. Boom. Just like that, you'll be making what? You like you you can sit there and 200 200 a week. And what and what's that? That's 800 over, you know, 4 weeks. I mean, hell, that's damn near rent in some areas. Yep. If you're, and you know, you're doing what you love. Exactly. And mm. that's the and that's the starting point. Like that's the thing like I I try to tell people too. I'm like that's the starting point. You get to that right there, everything else is just bonus. Yep. Agreed. Damn, we're giving away. So, okay, now everyone out there, go do it. <laughs> For reals, dude. Like, literally, go do it. Like, this is li- everything here. Like, down. Like, I could never give that information that you gave about like the schooling, but that, and because, like I said, you've done it. Like, I just skipped it. I just said fuck it all together because I'm like I'm a I'm a rapper who literally goes to producers for production, right? The only reason yeah. why you went back to school was because you decided you wanted to do the production side of it. Yeah. If you if you didn't want to do the production side of it, you wouldn't have done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's do the parts that you want to do, invest into those parts so that way they make back for you. And then once you have money to continue advancing further, also advance your education. Yep. Like advance advance your education as you're advancing your wallet. Don't Mm -hmm. work the other way around. Don't put yourself in debt to acquire such education unless there's a guarantee it's going to pay out. And and a guarantee can't be job placement. Job placement is not a guarantee. I promise you it is not. Yes. Our friend Mitch knows a lot about that. Yeah. But I'll tell you, but I'll tell you what, what is starting your own business, starting your own career that will not fail you unless you fail it. So if you go and acquire the education that you need, if you were just to go and get a general business degree, Right. For a couple of years, like you could probably do that in like two or three years and then just go perfect. I'm going to open this LLC and I'm just going to start booking all my own shows out of this. Like exactly what I'm doing now, bro. People will be so far ahead of the game by the time they're like our age. Yeah. Like it would be insane. And it's because none of these tools were really available, you know, 10 years ago. No, they were so not. it's, it's really, it's really dope that, and, and like I said, it, it kind of goes back to the conversations that me and you have where we talk about like, um, it's funny where our progressions led us to where they were two completely different paths, but still so much of the same. Yeah. Pretty much trying to do the same thing, just literally different products. Yeah. So going, I guess a, a little bit back on the, on the track now. Um, <laughs> what that was are, awesome though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what are, what are some of your like goals for like, um, producing going forward? Uh, you know what I mean? Do you plan on doing any like songs that are going to have vocals in them again? Or do you plan on strictly doing instrumental music? Like, um, I, I am a vocalist at heart. That is my first, my, that's actually my one and only true gift that, that I think I did not have to work for. I'm naturally a singer. I, I do want to put out tracks with vocals uh the one i sent you last night something like that i, I do want to put something like that out um yeah 
and um highly encouraged yes 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 i'm glad you liked it um small goals i want to continue being a film scorer that's the big goal i want to be like hans uh hans zimmer and uh you know he, he did the music for for like dark knight inception i i, I want to do that the the whole you know 40 40 years old sitting on the stage with a whole orchestra doing song pieces for movies uh that's the big goal and that's what oh, yeah. i'm going to try and do as of right now well, i'm just trying to get placements i'm trying to create some income trying to get passive income make money in my sleep and using my my gift to do that as well as trying to create a shift in how the music sounds in in movies uh, that's mm-hmm. that's a big goal uh, i do want to produce for other people who who i think would be worth it uh produce for you mitch mm-hmm. i plan on being a producer for the rest of this year um probably 90 percent of the time and just yeah. drop in other stuff that i have planned to, just to keep things interesting but yeah growing man yeah so talking a little bit more than about like kind of like the film score side of it because um there is a short film that you do plan to do with your album as well do you want to give any sort of like indication how those two correlate okay yes so each one of the songs even though you may have a personal feeling with it yourself and and, and, and an individual experience each one of those songs is a mood or a feeling that um will guide you in the movie so it's very much a a, like a listening experience with the music and Mm -hmm. and the movie in the short film that's the purpose of them going together but the short film itself is uh called earplug origins because it's the origin story of uh ep the mime the superhero (laughs) in the Mm -hmm. short film and so you want me to go into like like the, the the tagline of it and like yeah 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 cool cool this is awesome all right so Earplug Origins. The the movie is origin story of EP. He's basically a man who is trying to be a hero in a world that seems to be increasing in villain-like people. He gets his shot as he tries to navigate a hero's journey in the aftermath of his idol's legacy. Plus a lot of uh, interesting qualities that you learn about the mask and, and how it's its own entity Uh, deep down in this project it's a goal to inspire kids to want to be heroes again um kids teenagers adults uh anyone from uh from our age group where we saw all these movies growing up that made us want to be larger than life like remember first time seeing michael jackson that feeling that you get you you had Mm -hmm. you know like i feel like there's not enough content out there so that's the aim with this that's the the whole point of the story is uh, is to show that the struggle inside of you to be inherently good or to fight with your inherent badness is, is the struggle that EP goes through in this story as he navigates his own powers that the, that the mask gives him. Mm. So uh, I actually would like to read a little bit from the outline script. Oh, please. Yes. Um, I have it right here. So in January, sorry, do you say something? No, go. Okay, cool. So in January, we're in pre-production right now. We've been working on the script for the last year. Um, It is at the final outline portion. We have dialogue, all that's done. It's actually almost all paid for, which is very good on my end because that never happens. So yeah, yeah. ahead on that. (laughs) Yes. So in January, we are filming a portion of the short film. Uh, it's the it's the first episode it's two part 
episode. So this is earplug origin, and and then the next one is the second part where it uh, continues to establish the the characters. So we are going to be filming a portion movie <clears throat> where things are getting uh, um, pretty apparent in in darkness, where where it, it's getting really really uh, muddy in this area. We're form we're filming. All right, and it's right right after ep meets up with penny penny is his mm. best friend who uh meets him after work and they're walking home and they have a brief interaction which you'll see later because it's super important and they meet mm. up at this part ep goes out and he night that he's gonna go out and take another shot at being a vigilante and mm. the setting of the story is set in new windsor it's a hybrid of Los Angeles and New York. It's pretty much just like San Francisco. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's the feel of it. So uh, yeah. so he goes out, and every night there is a presence of the modern-day vigilante that protects New Windsor, and his name is Vigil. Vigil always seems to be in the area when EP is in the area, and he has been that way with EP since EP graduated high school. This is a, um, a handful of years removed from then, so it been a been a while and he kind of always counts on his presence so as he grew up watching him he became his idol he, he ep grew to really admire vigil taking care of the city and making it safe especially for him and it felt like personal treatment so ep decides to go out and try and be like vigil and he gets up in his bootleg vigil costume and he does his fancy footwork he stands in front of the mirror and he checks himself out and he braces himself to go out puts on his airpods heads out into the night and tries to find somebody to save or some way to do an act of heroism mm. as he goes out he meets up with this group that seems to be causing some ruckus and they're they're handling this this smaller guy with a lot of uh, aggressiveness and epcs that this is his moment so he braces for the moment he goes out of view and he collects himself and he, he says a little statement to himself to pep himself up Mm. and he gets ready he takes one last breath and he runs out there into the commotion he looks at the henchman in the eye and he says hey yo butt cheeks you guys want a slap box and the leader patrick comes up and he stands over the victim that he was just beating the crap out of he turns around and he says butt cheeks <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at his guys and he positions himself you know and he starts you know shrugging his shoulders this guy's trying to test me <clears throat> And he looks to his friend, he says, hey, ain't this the freak that tuned up Rico the other day? And the henchmen mumbles to themselves and they start laughing. They look at him and they recognize him as they see the holes in his costume from the scrapes that he got from his last fight. Oh, my God. And so they start laughing and chuckling at him. <clears throat> EP kind of looks a little disheveled. He recognizes these guys' voice and he's kind of he kind of knows them. So he tries to put a little more. Uh, bravado in his voice so maybe they don't figure out who he is oh i forgot uh -huh. to mention everybody in this time they have to wear a face mask because the air quality is so bad mm, okay weirdly enough i wrote this before quarantine so it's yeah super weird. that's yeah that's <laughs> fucking crazy <laughs> so you, you no one knows who they're talking to everyone recognizes the people voices um mm. and the way that they move so technically everyone's a mind if you think about it so yeah. ep braces himself and he says uh did you say rico you mean suave? Yeah, I heard he got into a fist fight with a fist. And he pretends, you know, that, that it didn't bother him. And he 
picks his hand up and he goes and he starts to speak like Joe Rogan. I'm here with the winner now. What an incredible performance. Please take us through your thoughts on the fight. Yeah, um, thanks, Joe Rogan. Well, you know, I hit him with a three-piece and a soda, but he, he didn't bring his coupon, so I had to refund that shit. And as they start <laughs> laughing again, Patrick looks at him, and he's like, man, I recognize this dude. I really recognize this dude. Hey, guys, Rico said that uh, he also reminded him of somebody we used to beat the shit out of in high school. He said, you should probably try to hide your voice better. And the EP gets really uncomfortable now, and so he realizes... Oh, I think I know that guy, and he definitely knows me. So he knows it's going to be a fight. And it's obviously getting staggering. It's three to one. Mm-hmm. So Iyer looks down, and he's like, yeah, isn't it funny how some groups of people never really change? And so, of course, they, they start to converge on each other. Uh, EP steps in. His name is Iyer, by the way, <clears throat> in this story. His name is Iyer Perez. Um, so you'll, you'll hear him. They'll call him Iyer or Air. They, they, they make fun of his name uh, a lot, mm-hmm. so. But EP is what I call him because I am EP, obviously. <laughs> but mm-hmm. so they go and Patrick starts to run towards EP. EP stops, puts his finger in his face and he says, hey, stop. Hold on. I got to put my shoes on. He sits down, takes off his shoes, puts on his boxing shoes. Patrick runs up again. He says, oh, sorry. One moment. One moment. I'm almost done. Gets back down and starts tying his shoes again. He starts <laughs> making sure that they're right. And he gets up and he's like, all right, now I got to I gotta stretch. Hold on. Go ahead and stretch yourself. They start doing boxing footwork and they start seeing who has the better footwork and they go back and forth. Uh, EP does a shuffle. Patrick tries to do it better. Patrick does a shuffle. EP tries to do it better. <laughs> and then uh, Patrick is the actual real name of the guy who's playing Patrick. And he does parkour. He does bar work. Uh, Okay. So he actually does real life flips and stuff. So I'm going to have Patrick go oh, all out and do some stuff yeah. that I definitely cannot do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they, they start doing that and he starts fixing his pants and stuff. And Patrick goes, hey, is this a fight or is this a strip tease? I mean, come on, man. And so he starts doing his footwork a little more. The henchmen look at each other and like, oh, EP starts being a little more fluid with his movements and Patrick's notices, man, he's a little quicker than I expected. So they, they decided to just start going head up. They go through a fight sequence that I'm <clears throat> going to be very proud of once we get uh, that you're going to have to tune in for. And oh, okay. at, the, at the end of, of the fight scene, Patrick motions to one of his henchmen. The henchman grabs a knife, goes behind EP and stabs him in the back three times. Patrick comes out and he lands a head kick to the face. The other henchmen come in and they start kicking him everywhere. He, they pass around the knife and they stab him a little bit more. And uh, Patrick stands over EP and he says, hey, you don't have any fancy comebacks? You know, any jokes? Any fancy footwork? Where's it all at now? As EP is bleeding on the floor, uh, Patrick sees that there's lights coming down the alleyway. It's really, really, really bright light, and they recognize the light, so they look at each other, and they run away really fast. The light starts to dim, and you see Vigil walking into frame. Vigil picks up EP, and, and he takes off his mask, and he takes him back to his lair. And at the lair, something happens there where EP gets the mask, and you're going to have to tune in to figure that out, but that's all I'm going to give you. Oh, man, that is good. That is so good. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well... Jesus Christ. Um, everybody, please make sure that you guys are following EP the Mime on all social media platforms. Make sure you guys are following. Uh, make sure you guys go listen to Earplug Origins. That's available yes, on all streaming platforms. 
Um, it's absolutely amazing. And especially like having the storyline behind it and giving that context of just like what's going to be in deep, like what's entailed in like the film itself. Like it, it's really amazing. And it's been because I've, I've heard origins a, a few times already. So now I'm already starting to put a lot of the images together in my head, just based awesome, on what yeah. said. So that's really fucking awesome. So Alex and I continue to just ramble on like some little school girls um, about some other stuff that I actually want to put into a part two. So uh, that part two will be coming at you next week uh, where I, we really dive into a lot that kind of deals with um, some of our favorite artists who are no longer with us. Um, as well as just diving into some things that we feel like is really important for other independent artists to know. Um, and I think it's, I mean, at the time we kind of felt like we were just kind of rambling on, but I think really listening to it back, I I think it's something that it's like, you know what, I'm going to put this out there because, um, I want all artists to hear this, you know, because it really gives you kind of an indication of, um, where we're at as far as like with, with, what we're trying to build with other artists and what we're trying to build with other, you know, independent artists at that. Um, and just basically just kind of giving our two cents on everything and hoping that somebody can take something from it. Um, cause that's what it's all about. Right. So, um, before we get out of here, one thing that I did want to leave you guys with. So normally where I would insert a song of myself, I am actually going to bring in one of the songs from earplug origins. Uh, so the song that you guys are going to be hearing right now is called vigil. Um, again, it is off earplug origins. That is from EP, the mimes latest album that just came out. So, um, make sure you guys follow him on all streaming platforms, all social media platforms, and, uh, just really just vibe. So this is definitely one of those things where there's going to be no words to it. So close your eyes, really allow the music to just kind of settle in with you. And I hope you guys enjoy.
So next week, uh, we are going to do the part two of this conversation that I have with EP The Mime here, um, where, again, we just discuss some things that I, I feel like every independent artist should know. Um, I feel like it's really important knowledge for them to have. And this is knowledge that, you know, took me and him like, you know, years of doing and researching to kind of you know, get to this level. So, um, hopefully it's good information for you guys and I hope that you guys stay tapped in on it. All right. So see you guys next week. This is Tino killed it. Signing off from another episode of what the fuck am I doing with my life?